So we've been talking about meditation lately and how to practice and why to practice. But the real reason for, for meditating is because you want to be happy. We all want to find happiness. We all want to be free from suffering. Nobody wants to suffer. And yet we suffer. So one of the promises that we have in, from the meditation practice from Buddhism is that it helps us become free from suffering. This is something that we're not taught very often in life, something that we're taught to avoid, what we're taught is wrong, that we have taught ourselves is wrong. It, when, a, when the baby first comes out of the womb, most often the first thing they do is start crying, complaining. Of course they say it's, it's um, instinct for the baby to cry, but actually it's, it, comes, it comes with quite a bit of unhappiness. And we learn that the best way to get what we want is to start crying. Or we know that the best way we can get what we want when we want something, when we're, when we're suffering. When we're hungry or we're thirsty or we want this or we want that, we want attention, we want warmth or cool and so on. But suffering is a very intrinsic part of our lives, no matter how we try to run away from it. Even just sitting here right now, you will find that from moment to moment there are many things that arise that could very well bring us suffering. Maybe we find it too hot, maybe we find it too cold, Maybe we're bored because we don't have the excitement or the pleasure that we're um, accustomed to or that we are hoping for or expecting when we leave here. Maybe there's pain in our legs or pain in the back or pain in the head. Maybe we're tired and maybe we're hungry. Right here and now we can see there's quite a bit of suffering. So now our first instinct for overcoming suffering is to see it as a as a feeling that the truth of suffering is that is that very feeling that arises of suffering. They say that's the truth of suffering. So the way to escape suffering is to run away from the feelings, is to not have those feelings arise. 
actually it would be very it would it would be quite terrible if this were the case because we can't be free from feelings we can't be free from painful feelings it's really the problem with our approach to the problem our approach to the whole idea of suffering so we think when we have a headache we take some pill and the headache goes away or when we have a pain in the legs we just adjust ourselves we adjust our position and then we're free from suffering but this isn't the truth of suffering this is called dukkha vedana it's just a suffering feeling and the, so the approach to trying to escape these painful feelings is, is, is wrong even when people hear about suffering in, in a Buddhist concept, context this is how they think of it and so they think that somehow meditation is going to free them from painful feelings or they don't want to meditate at all because they find that meditation brings painful feelings they don't want to sit still, they don't want to listen to the Dhamma, they want to find pleasure all the time when pain comes up they don't know how to deal with it they think something's wrong when the pain arises, of course this is natural, this is what we're brought up to think, to believe reinforced by our whole society all of the things that you can buy to escape suffering all the pleasures you can obtain to be free from suffering as humans we have many diversions to keep us away from the painful feelings and yet we still experience them and they still come back and we can't ever escape them completely And this is what separates a person who is, you might say, um, special, a person who is capable of understanding the truth from a person who is not ready to understand the truth. This is really the defining factor, whether they realize this that they realize that suffering is actually a part of life whether they realize that running away from suffering only makes you more and more averse to it that trying to find pleasure constantly is only a cause for more suffering greater suffering as I was talking about these people who when they get sick or when they're dying you see them with pleading looks in their eyes it's sad but you think well you, you did this to yourself really did you not think that one day you were going to have to face such suffering always running away from it this is what we one thing that we hope to avoid as Buddhists this fear this anxiety this intense suffering it comes when we can no longer avoid pain. And, and this starts from realizing that this isn't the way out of suffering. This is not the 
solution. And so this is why we begin to practice meditation, because we see we have to look closer. You see, meditation is just study, studying the problem closer. Well, we have suffering, so let's meditate on it, let's study it. And so we understand that suffering is a part of life. Now, for some people this is enough, and this makes them sort of stoic about it. They they bear with it. Some people are very good at bearing with suffering. And rather than trying to seek out pleasure, they just grit and bear it. And so their life is quite miserable, but they're not taken aback by suffering. You might say that this is a bit better than the uh, hedonistic path, because at least when suffering comes, they're not uh, they're not surprised by it. But on the other hand, you might think it's more miserable because they're not enjoying it either way. They're not free from suffering, but they're also not enjoying the pleasure of life. You think, well, they're just living a life full of suffering, really. But still, you might say that there's some sort of peace that comes from understanding that, li that life has suffering. Now, this isn't what the Buddha had in mind either as regards to the truth of suffering. This is what people will often accuse Buddhists of, avoiding pleasure and just living a life of suffering. Life is suffering, right? This is what they say about Buddhists. Buddhists believe that life is suffering. It's not really true. The, the Buddha never said that life is suffering. The Buddha was trying to find a response to the problem of the existence of suffering, that suffering exists. And the answer isn't just to say it's part of life, that's, that's not the answer, but it gets you thinking and it gets you realizing that you have to go further, so this is an important step. It's not enough, but this is the step that starts you looking closer and saying, well, if it is a part of life, then how do I escape it? Not just it's a part of life, so live with it. But if I can't escape the pain, if I can't escape painful feelings, how do I escape from suffering? And so we look deeper. And as you look deeper, you start to realize that actually there's no difference between painful or pleasant experiences. There's nothing good about pleasure there's nothing bad about pain. You see that the truth about pleasure, the truth about pain is they arise, they stay for a short time, and then they cease. You see that that's really all you can say about them. All you should say about them. Well, we can say a lot about them. But the more you say, the more you cling to or project on these experiences, like this is good, this is bad, the more suffering you have, the more upset there is in the mind. When the mind is simply aware of the experience as it is, this is this, that is that, we realize that is truly all it is. This is pleasure, this is pain. There's not much more you can say about it without projecting without 
adding something that isn't there. So you say this pleasure is good. But you realize that it's actually not good. There's nothing good about it. It's just an experience. It comes and it goes. And you realize moreover that when you when you say it's good, when you when you appreciate it, put some value on it. you begin to create an addiction to it, an attachment to it. Your mind remembers that and says, oh, well, that will make me happy again. And later on it comes back and says, hey, remember that? That made me happy. Let's go get that. So this is why when we sit down to meditate, we are always thinking about pleasant things. What can I do doing this? To, you know, pleasant sights, pleasant sounds, pleasant experiences that we've had. Because the mind keeps them and reminds us of them. Mind is such a helpful thing to remind us of all of the things that can make us happy. And so we're constantly bombarded by these memories, these reminders. Hey, remember that? That'll make you happy. This is addiction. This is the mind. This is how the brain works. The brain experiences pleasure and keeps a memory of what it was that, that brought pleasure. And then it just fires again and again randomly. Even sitting here, you can think of, you can realize that your mind is is creating these. All of the pleasurable things in our lives, just by sitting here, we we see that our mind is reminding us of constantly. Hey, go do that. Hey, what are you doing sitting here doing nothing? Why didn't you go... Or when are we going to have a chance to do this? When can we do that? When can we find pleasure and, and enjoy the things that we enjoy? And so we're never really at peace. We're never really happy. The mind is always wanting something that it doesn't have. Even to the point that it gets in our dreams and it's reminding us in our dreams and we have all sorts of crazy dreams about the things that we like. That's how the mind works. It just keeps firing and reminding us. There's addiction, how addiction works. And so when we don't get what we want, we're unhappy. The mind is expecting. And the, the, there are these receptors in the brain that are waiting for their drugs. Because the, the brain is full of drugs. It's got all sorts of chemicals that react with each other and give us a nice feeling but we have to trigger it and if we don't trigger it then we're unhappy then the, the, the brain is upset the brain is it's displeased the brain is uh, stressed and so either we can keep chasing after pleasure or we can learn to go overcome this so this is what we start to realize. We start to to realize that this is all not only not not only unhelpful or, or painful, but also meaningless and and totally unrelated to reality. So we come to see not only that suffering is a part of life, but suffering is inherent in every single thing. Suffering is caused by everything, every, every experience that we cling to creates, causes us suffering. 
Moreover, we see that nothing, or put it another way, nothing is worth clinging to. This is seeing that suffering is a characteristic of all things. Something like a, just like a, how a hot coal, pain is, is a characteristic of hot coals, hot burning of fire, let's say. Pain is a characteristic of fire. Well, not not directly, but as a human being, it certainly is. Anyone who touches fire with their hand will will feel pain. So, when the, when the Buddha talked about suffering being inherent in all things, he didn't mean that that their mere appearance was suffering. He meant that when we cling to them, they're cause for suffering. Because you see. Or, or he meant that they're useless. They're, they're, they're un. They're, they're, they're totally meaningless, without any value. Worthless. You see, they're not worth clinging to. He saw that clinging to anything is just giving rise to suffering, giving rise to addiction, and so. And this is really the, 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 the practice that we're looking for. When we see clearly and when we realize this, that all of our experiences are just an experience. That they're not good, they're not bad. This is what we're aiming for in the practice. But it isn't yet the, the, the truth of suffering. Because of course it's that's really, you know, it sounds kind of dismal, right? This is what you get to see is that everything is useless, is meaningless, is worthless. But you see, it's this practice that leads you to the truth of suffering, which is the fourth category. The, the true truth of suffering is the realization that, that this is true of all things. So the practice is to see clearer and clearer that this is suffering. That don't cling to the clinging to this causes suffering. And that causes suffering. This is the practice that we, or the, the the wisdom that we gain from the practice. But the truth of suffering is when the mind lets go, when the mind changes its opinion about 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 samsara, about existence, and it says, "Wow, yes, all of the, all of existence experience is really." pointless, is meaningless, is worthless. Of course, this is a very difficult realization to come to. This is why Nibbana or Nirvana is such a difficult and sometimes fearsome thing, because it's hard to find someone who wants to be free from experience, right? But you see, that's the whole problem. Very difficult to understand, very difficult to accept but true, true nonetheless. And eventually a person who practices meditation realizes this, comes to see that, yes, indeed, experience is, or it rejects experience, it rejects the arising and ceasing of the five aggregates, it rejects the arising and ceasing of the six senses, and it lets go, and it enters into a state of cessation. The mind, you might say, ceases, where there is total bliss and peace and, and freedom from suffering, which we call Nibbana or Nirvana. No arising. 
It's the most peaceful, most cool. The Buddha said cool is a good way to, to describe it. It's the ultimate cool, cooling, the ultimate cool, you might say. The coolest thing in, 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 in existence. Because it, it's absolutely uh, cooled. There's no, no heat of defilement, no heat of suffering. And so a meditator realizes this, even just for a moment, this experience. They have a great sense of, of the existence of this, the existence of peace, the possibility of being free from suffering. This is what makes someone a sotapanna or a sovana. Once they have seen Nibbana, or realized Nirvana, even just for a few moments, they realize that there is something outside of experience, something to compare it with, right? If you've never experienced true peace, then of course you think you think of peace as being something that you have experienced. Peace is these peaceful, peaceful feelings that arise. That's peace, because you've never experienced true peace. But once you experience it, you you have this profound shift of your understanding of suffering and understanding of peace. And you realize the true peace is, is within us. It has nothing to do with experience. It's right here and right now. Nothing to do with, with any, experience, any one experience or any experience whatsoever. It's freedom from all of this. All of these external phenomena bombarding us moment by moment by moment. So this is what we mean by the truth of suffering. So, And this is what we're trying to gain in the practice, is freedom from suffering. This, this peace, this happiness, this is the true goal of the meditation practice. This is why we want to free ourselves from delusion, free ourselves from our ignorance. This is why we want to study ourselves, because when we study ourselves, we'll come to see these, this truth, the truth of suffering. It's really the only truth that you need. Once you realize the truth of suffering, then you give up your attachment to suffering. When you give up your attachment to suffering, that's the path that leads to the cessation of suffering. Once you're on the path, then you attain the cessation of suffering. This is how the Four Noble Truths arise altogether. Just like they say when you light a candle. When you light a candle, the wick burns up, the wax melts, the flame arises and the darkness, or light, light arises and the darkness is dispelled. All at the same time, four things happen. In the same way, the four noble truths arise altogether once you see the truth of suffering. This is what we're aiming for. It's an important thing to understand, at least to the extent of not running away from suffering, studying it, finding a better way out. Even when a person just says to themselves, pain, pain, when a person is sick or dying or in great pain, if only we could teach them all this, how to remind themselves and, and look at it and come to see, right, the pain isn't the problem. The problem is the way I'm looking at it. 
problem is my inability to accept the pain my inability to see the pain as just pain my projections my reactions to the pain this is the real problem you come to see that there's no reason to concern yourself with the pain at all and slowly slowly if you're really clear on it then you can even let go of the pain and, and not even have to experience the pain so in turn people when they're dying it's quite common for meditators um, or relatively common for meditators to become enlightened when they're passing away and because of the intensity of the experience and the, the immediacy of it requires them to either cling or let go that, that forces them to uh, see suffering directly and encourages them to let go because there's nothing to cling to so, but for all of us, this is an important teaching to keep in mind when we do practice meditation so that we're not partial to any one experience. We're able to experience the whole range of, of phenomena that arise without partiality. We're able to see them as they are. So, that's the Dhamma for tonight. Now we can put it into practice by studying ourselves through meditation. We'll practice together. <laughs>